You're listening to Have the Conversation Podcast, a podcast centered around mental health, wellness, and everything in between. My name is Kala. And I'm Leanne. We're sitting down with everyday people to talk about life and the lessons they've learned, all in an effort to connect and stay encouraged. Hey guys, when I think of empowerment and creativity, my mind can't help but instantly think of Janet. It might be shorter to make a list of what Janet doesn't do, but her skills have extended to being an intuitive coach and healer, a business consultant, an author of six books, a keynote speaker, and a huge support to hundreds of men and women around the nation. She's a believer in women helping women, and it shows. She's an enormously positive impact on our community. Janet empowers women entrepreneurs to pursue their dreams while overcoming internal insecurities and fears, technological challenges, and branding uncertainties with endless wisdom along the way. She literally should have charged us for this session together because we got so much out of it. We hope you pick up some gems as well. Well, (laughs) Janet is so funny because I was trying to describe you to Kala and I was like, well, you know, she's a business consultant. She helped me when I was leaving LA Fitness to go start my own thing. And I was like, oh yeah. And she's also a photographer. She took all my pictures when I was trying to like start and, and got me ready for that. And oh, she's also an author. She wrote six books. Like, I was like, and then I was like, I don't even know how to describe you. I was like, I'm just going to let her do it herself. <laughs> it's so ironic because the struggle is real because um, like I'm literally at this point in my business where just I'm I'm kind of laughing and saying like I do too much like I, <laughs> I need to kind of start changing things to where I'm not just doing everything so that I can do everything I need to be really you know intentional on who I want to serve and who I want to help and it's just it's so hard because when I do find out someone needs help with something I'm like I can help with that you know <laughs> that is yes you guys have so much in common oh my gosh we do yes so so much in common so what are you doing currently, Janet? Like, what's your most recent update? So um, I'm kind of, you know, in a lot of things. Um, I'm really trying to primarily focus on my intuitive coaching, which is really I'm more so one-on-one with people, um, depending on where they're at. Usually there is a business focus just because I have 20 years of business experience, but Um, But also I've got that woo-woo side. And so that does tend to attract people that, you know, maybe aren't even in business yet or or don't really want to talk about business. So I do a lot of of that. Um, I do have a women's membership program still. um, And I was hosting, obviously, annual retreats up until COVID. Um, So I've kind of taken um, a little bit of a hit as far as no keynotes, no live events, no stage. Um, So I really had to kind of focus a lot more on the online stuff, which um, I feel like we're just, as a society, like we need to get away from our computers and we need to get back in front of people. So um, I really kind of struggle with that. Um, Mm -hmm. But I'm really trying to streamline a lot of that. And then of course, Ariana, my daughter and I, um, we just started a new company together called Synergy Branding Group. That's what I saw. Yeah. That's kind of a combination of all of our talents. So the photography, the website design, all the branding, the consulting, the coaching, just kind of putting it all together um, so that we really can be sort of a one-stop shop for um, a woman who's rebranding or starting something new. Maybe it doesn't have that $10,000 budget that a lot of those big, big companies want to charge. 
Um, so I'm really kind of in way too many things. Um, so <laughs> I already know that, you know, I have a lot of things changing at the end of this year. So I know that like 2020 is bringing a lot of clarity. Um, you know, I mean, a lot of questions that have been asked, like, do I really love this? You know, what do I love? What do I not love? And so I'm really trying to be strategic and intentional, but at the same time, still honor, you know, the people that I care about and the commitments that I have in place. And, God, that reminds me so much of our conversation with Chad Calla about yeah, my business coach. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're going through it too here, like with HTC and just really trying to figure out what it is that we're trying to put out into the world and how we can help the most people. So um, it does. It leads you down a bunch of different rabbit holes, doesn't it? <laughs> when you when you it really does, and it's um and it's tough because like I'm an action taker, like so um. You know, if you've ever taken the Gallup Strengths Finder test, um, you know, Activator is in my top five, um, which means yes. I'm constantly I am constantly Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you had it too. Yeah. <laughs> but significance is my number one strength, which means I want to, you know, to help people build a legacy. I want to, you know, everything is tied to legacy and being remembered and doing something of importance, not just to do it. Um, so every decision I make, it's like, I almost feel like I can't just make quick decisions anymore because it's like, what is this going to say about me and how is it going to feel, mm-hmm. you know? And so every decision now is like, it's like a decision on top of another decision, like the whole domino thing. Um, so then I, then I become like not deciding anything, you know? So for sure. Like, Overthinking. I'll wait until November to decide that, you know? And yeah. Isn't that funny how we do that? We do, we just push it a little bit further until we get even more clarity, but at like some point you have to start just like, doing the work or making, making those decisions, what helps you um, get to that point of just saying, okay, we've really just got to hone it in and figure it out. So I think honestly going through the same process with myself that I go through with my clients, you know, which is getting, getting quiet. Um, You know, a lot of times if you are talking nonstop or listening to other people, you obviously can't tap into Um, that higher self, that inner wisdom guidance system, you know, that's not going to shine through if you are listening to all the noise. Um, So, you know, taking a walk, um, meditation, journaling, these are all the things I tell my clients to do, get grounded, get your crystals out, you know, do all those things. And it's really easy for me to say that to them. And then like myself be like, I haven't meditated in two days, you know, like, yeah, (laughs) and I'll know it too. I'm like, okay, um, maybe it's time to listen to, you know, my own advice, Um, but really getting quiet and just kind of allowing myself to go down the what if road. Um, it's actually a really powerful exercise I take a lot of clients through, which is, um, and then. So like if they say, well, I'm not sure if I want to give this up, you know, whatever. And I said, okay, imagine you've given it up. And then what happens? You know, mm-hmm. and like really imagining like, what's the worst case scenario? What's the best case scenario? And a lot of times we, we are so afraid of the unknown that we actually don't think about what could really happen. And a lot of times the worst thing that might happen is very minimal. Um, You know, like I remember once being really tied to like a certain email address, you know, because I had paid for it or something. And I was like, but girl, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody knows me by that email address. And then like two days later, someone was like, Hey girl, how do I send you an email? What's the best one? I'm like, I thought everybody knew me at this email address. And, and actually, no, nobody cares. Like it's, <laughs> right. that we, and that hurts too. <laughs> that hurts too. <laughs> like literally like I still have, I'm, I'm still kind of nicknamed this savvy girl. That was what my business used to be called the savvy girl. And so 
every now and then someone will say, what's your email address? And I'll give them this old email that I still use. And everyone's like, oh, what is Savvy Girl? I'm like, don't ask. It's old. We're not talking about it. We're not. <laughs> That's so, so true. I went through that very similar with like kind of my blogging stuff, my advocacy work, and then this podcast and how it came to be. And it's just so funny to hear that too. It's like, no, 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 that was the old me. This is the new me. And I need everybody to like understand that we're evolving here. You know? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, and I, I faced even a bigger um, freak out that other than email, which was last August, I decided to come out of a spiritual closet and basically admit that I was an intuitive and an empath. And a lot of my closest friends totally knew that. And then a lot of people that didn't really know me that well, weren't all that surprised, but mm -hmm. there was a lot of people that, um, I guess had a certain perception of me and who I was and they were a little taken aback, um, you know, by that. I had someone reach out and was like, you do know you're going to get weird messages from people now that you do that. And I was like, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> That's what these gifts are for. I know. Yeah. Like, I'll let you know when they come through. <laughs> That's what I wanted to ask you about, Janet, because. I mean, th that's a totally new addition to what you've been doing and, and what you're calling yourself ever since, since we talked last. Um, can you talk a little bit about how that came to be? So, you know, it, um, I mean, I've been uh, a sensitive, you know, person since I was a kid. I mean, I, I was always able to sense things and feel things. Um, you know, I had a psychic tell me when I was a kid that, um, that, that I had a master number in numerology and that I was destined for really big things. And I think that once she told me that, um, it sort of like put me in this path of like constantly trying to find out what's going to make me magical. What is it that is going to do that? Um, so I was always kind of looking for it. You know, I was always like, is this my gift? Is that my gift? And I didn't really realize that like they were already working over time, all these gifts. And I just wasn't listening to them. Um, and it wasn't really until um, really I met my husband um, that like we were on a date and all of a sudden I had um, an array of downloads come through of things that I saw of his past life. And um, this life, not like a prior life, but like before he met me and I just saw these downloads and I actually was able to tap into the emotion that he felt during a certain time and it overcame me. And when I shared what I was seeing, um, it was the first time that I had like actually opened up to someone and told them what I could do. And my first thought was like, I've totally messed this up. This guy is going to run. He's running. Like, no man wants to, wants his new girlfriend to like know his deepest, darkest secrets. <laughs> um, and instead it, it had the opposite effect. Um, we were both in tears and he immediately was like, how, how do you do this? You know, like he, <laughs> he was like, what, like right on, you know, like he didn't miss a beat. He was like, so what, what's going on here? You know? And, and I just said, well, I get like images. I said, they're like snapshots. I said, it reminds me of like Polaroids. They're kind of like coming through. And, um, and I said, it's sometimes. This is waking me out, by the way, <laughs> like in the best way possible. Cause I relate so hardcore. <laughs> okay. So, well, and what's great is it's different with everybody. Like, so with him, like I, I was able to see really clear images. Like I saw like a dog dying and I saw an apartment and wow. I, saw, I just saw little things come through. Um, they were all very different time frames. So like, I didn't know how they were being pieced together, but to him, they all made sense. Um, mm -hmm. And it wasn't the first time that happened to me. It's just the first time that I really allowed myself to share it with someone and to not filter it. Like 
normally I would receive all of them and I would sort of be like, I'm getting kind of a nudge that maybe you've had like a rough patch, you know, like, so I, normally I was filtering things, like censoring myself so that I wouldn't freak anybody out. Um, and with him, like, for whatever reason, I just, I just really felt like I didn't have to hide it. Um, and so after that, like, it became, as our relationship developed, it became like necessary for him to keep pushing me and saying, like, you need to use these gifts, you know, even if you don't tell anybody you're using them, you know, you need to not be afraid of them. And, and so over time, you know, I, I slowly started to open up. And I remember like one time on stage, I did kind of open up um, in front of a lot of women um, and say something about, you know, I don't know if any of you heard of the word empath. And I said, but I'm basically an intuitive empath. And about half the group was nodding their head understanding. And the other half was like, oh, God, you know, <laughs> <laughs> where's the door? <laughs> and so it was, and it was that actually, that was a few years ago. So when that happened, I think I literally like went back in the spiritual closet, like put my suit back on and straightened my hair again. And was like, never mind. I'm not going to go there. Mm -hmm. I don't want to lose half my crowd. I don't, you know, I really did put being liked probably ahead of being authentic. And so I'm like, yeah, (laughs) and it it was just easier. And, and then it's like over time though, there were people like that would see me on stage and come up to me afterwards and be like, Hey, how did you know this? Or how did you do that? And I'm like, well, I'm an empath. And I would just like say it. And a lot of times they were like, I figured I knew, you know, and, and like there was an immediate connection. And I started realizing that the people that I was connecting with on that level, that was my affirmation and that I wasn't supposed yes. to be trying to connect with the other people. Like my messages aren't for them. And yeah. so I just kept on telling myself that like, it's okay to be yourself. It's okay to be yourself. And I just kind of slowly like sort of nudging the spiritual door open, you know? Um, and then I finally came out in a blog post speaking of blogging. I have a love hate relationship with blogging. Like I want to do it every day, but I don't have the patience to do it every day. But, same. <laughs> you guys are the same. <laughs> I, I literally told her, I texted Leanne earlier today and I was like, I want to be Janet. So I'm fangirling right now. I'm trying to be really cool. But yeah, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I totally use, relate. I use Instagram as my blog now, basically. Like, yeah. those are basically blog entries. Like, that, that's mm-hmm. the place for me. But, but like, so a year ago, I just said, okay, I'm going to come out in a blog post. And basically, I, I did like a crazy picture of me sort of peeking out of the closet. And it basically says I'm coming out of the closet and what it means. And um, and as expected, you know, like most of the people were like, yep, I figured or, you know, I assumed or whatever. Um, I did see kind of an increase in um, in interest in some of my coaching for a while. But um, but it really kind of, it just made it a lot easier for me just to show up as me. Um, mm-hmm. And over time, like, so we were laughing because this is like a new wall, but like I've redone my wall like a hundred times, you know, um, <laughs> and it used to be very business and it used to be all red and, you know, and so it changes all the time. Um, and it's just, I love change. Like I like adapting and reinventing myself. And um, I don't, honestly don't want anybody to like look at one video of me or one picture of me and feel like they know my whole life story. I really want them to kind of look and say, oh, so this is during her whatever period, you know? <laughs> And, and really being able yeah. to see the transition because I think that that's the beauty of it is, you know, none of us are done. You know, we're always in some, you know, some part of it. Um, and if I'm going to help anybody in a coaching path or a healing path, you know, I want them to be able to look back online and kind of see where I went through those transitions as well. Yeah, those parallels so are so beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's almost so, 
if you're changing, you're, you're doing life right. Like nobody should stay the same. And that's change is scary. And for me, I, it's funny you say you love change and I am not there yet. I like everything in my body is like, no change, but, but it always like without fail, like brings the next lesson for me or shows me something that, you know, I need to let go of, or like you're savvy girl. Like I need to shed that and, and move forward. Like that's not me anymore. Yeah. Um, and it's uncomfortable, but it's, you have to keep doing it in order, you know, to get to where you're, wherever you're going. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and you know, what, um, there's a post on Instagram, I think I just did this morning that I was just talking about my whole closet, you know, was black, I saw. white, <laughs> gray, and red, and that's it. And like every photo shoot, you know, there was me posing, you know, with the red and the black, like that was it, every photo. And it's like, I had this realization, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I have like lost years of my life just refusing to wear color, refusing mm-hmm. to embrace color. You know, like um, I literally, <laughs> like, I know, <laughs> look at us. Just hilarious. <laughs> I still love, I still love black. I'm just adding color, intentional color. But like one of the first yes. things I did was get a new phone case, and I went steel and gold, which is which you can still see my red iPhone. Like, yeah. almost like this is the new Janet. It's like deep down, I'm I'm still kind of stuck in the red phase. But I'm getting there. I'm Let getting to my teal and gold. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? Was it that one? You said it was one of your friends that that saw you in like a teal tank top and was like, "Why don't you yeah. do this more often?" So like, it's funny. The, the one place that I allowed myself to buy whatever was, um, you know, uh, athletic wear, leisure wear, you know, mm-hmm. some yoga pants or whatever. And I, I do a lot of running around in yoga pants. Let's just be real. I don't do any we yoga, all do. My yoga pants, <laughs> but I do love to wear them. And I have this like really bright blue tank top that's like super lightweight. And I ran out and actually did, um, I think it was a photo shoot when I ran into her, but um, she was like, oh my gosh, I just love you in this blue. And she just wouldn't stop raving about it. And honestly, I was kind of half ignoring it because it wasn't really <laughs> sticking to me because I was just like, okay, yeah, it's blue, great. And, then, it. and then she was like, I'm glad you're realizing that you're more than that brand. And I was just like, whoa, oh, man. I got goosebumps on that one. I, I feel that. Like, wow. And then it's it, that, that was like the beginning of the unraveling of the Savvy Girl brand, you know? Um, and there was another good friend of mine. She's actually part of my women's group. She's our oldest member, and um, she's one of those, like, in her 70s, longtime businesswoman, but she's, like, not afraid to speak her mind, and there was one time she was looking at my savvy girl business card, and my logo used to be this cartoon girl, you know, um, that I had designed, which I loved, you know, it was kind of like me, but it was like a cartoon version, and she was like, you know, she goes, um, she goes, you just need to show up as you, she goes, you're more than a cartoon, Janet. You know, and, and I was like, it, it, I started hearing all these little messages, like, you are more than, you are more than. And it's like, the more I kept hearing it. And so then I was just like, okay, so then the woo-woo part of me was like, is this your higher self, like, planting these things? And then now, yes. you know, <laughs> yeah, I know. And I was like, oh, right. That was, I would tell a coaching client, yes, of course it is, you know. And so I started to really kind of like trace, like, okay. If I went crazy, what's the craziest thing I could do to break out of this savvy girl brand? And it was like, do away with the name. And I was like, oh, you know. <laughs> and then it was like, just name your business Janet C. Bernstein. I was like, oh my gosh, that's yep. crazy. And then I was like, now I gotta buy another domain, you know. But, 
And thank goodness I already owned it, so that was good. But but then the, then it was the closet, and then the phone case, and then the wall, and just everything started really changing. And now, like when I walk in my office, like I have um, I have like teal and orange curtains, like yes, bright and fun and airy. And like ten years ago, like that would have never happened in my house, and like I would have never even gone there. So so I really do like the idea that we're kind of evolving into who we're really supposed to be. Do you have any of those where you kind of go back to like how you were when you were a kid? Do you have any of that like comparison? Because I know for me, like I go way back, like to this is the same stuff I loved when I was like nine years old, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, but I'm just looking at it differently. Funny, you know, funny you ask that. Like a lot of times, if I have um, a client come to me and say, I really don't know my purpose. Or I don't really understand, you know, what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, really, the first place we go is to their childhood and the things that they love to do. And um, a lot of times for me, that's really helpful because for my childhood was basically Mariah Carey posters, you know, all over my walls. I listened to like every song. I knew all the lyrics. I also yeah, that's the other thing. <laughs> yeah, she's got the voice of an angel, Janet. I still have your happy birthday voicemail from 2012. It I will never something really crazy. That's why we we were like we have to get her on the show because she played it for me and I was like oh, yeah. I love her already. <laughs> <laughs> I will never get rid of that. It is so beautiful. <laughs> so sweet. I, so I, it's so funny because I used to do like those singing birthday things and like it got overwhelming after a while because. Like, then I became friends with, like, 3,000 people, and, like, all of a sudden, it was, like, there's three birthdays today. It's, like, I can't do this three times. You're, like, <laughs> you're like let me do my vocal warm-ups. <laughs> I was, like, um, maybe I should just create, like, a video that, like, I just use all year long. And I just, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it, it became a little a little much, but, yeah. I do go back, though, a lot into my childhood and kind of remember, like, what is it I love to do, you know? Um, definitely a Mariah Carey thing, I will tell you. Like, no matter what you are going through, there is a Mariah Carey song that will apply to all things. And I'm sure, like, Ariana is laughing at me in the background. But um, my grandbaby sat here in my arms watching Mariah Carey video, and she was completely enthralled. So oh, I, I love it. I think that is reason enough to know that Mariah Carey still got it. Yeah, you've got a mini Mariah. <laughs> yeah, hey, I'm, I'm going to push her into music for sure. Music is very yeah. healing, whether she's good at it or not but she should love it always. Mm -hmm. Yep. I agree. Yep. I completely agree with that. So, well, it's funny because, um, Calla just bought a deck of tarot cards <laughs> and she pulled one out today. Calla, do you want to show? Oh yeah. It was uh, a page of swords for today. I was like, what should I take this energy into today? And of course that means I'm, I'm very new, so I'm learning, but it says, um, it's about mental agility. Mental agility, clever and chatty. So I thought it was perfect for um, for today and meeting with you for right. sure. <laughs> so I'm I am pretty new to tarot as well. Um, I've been doing angel and oracle cards for a long time. Um, okay, what are those? Like explain explain because I this is all brand new. Yeah. So basically, um, they're sort of a um, a lighter version of tarot. Like um, the messages are much more uplifting and uh, more positive in nature, like you're not going to pull a negative angel card. 
Um, mm-hmm. so they're more like uplifting messages and they're, they're not necessarily only used by psychics, channelers, and intuitives. Like it, it, like the average person could have an angel card and just, they're just beautiful messages. Um, tarot is meant to be like combined with your personal energy, your own intuition. Um, and you're supposed to not only read the message and whatever, but you're also supposed to receive it down one, two, one, two, three, with, um, and everybody's different. Um, I've only recently started doing tarot. I do have a new deck that I absolutely love. I'm so in love with it. Um, called the light seers, um, tarot. And, uh, it's also a beautiful teal color. I've been very drawn to teal, which is funny because I used to hate it. Um, but, um, when I do readings now, like, um, I usually use a combination of cards, but I typically am doing tarot and it's typically for very specific reasons that I will feel for that client. So every client actually kind of draws a different response. Um, so I do have some that will book a certain kind of intuitive session with me and I'll feel very like drawn to say, I want to read a five card spread. And I'll actually okay. write down like specific questions that I have about that client. And I'm asking the cards those questions. Whereas like some clients, I'm just reading their energy and they're looking for confirmation or answers. And so I'm basically just delivering the information that I think that they're looking for. Um, mm-hmm. And so every client is totally different. Um, so really tarot, like I'm completely amazed by all the different types of readings that you can do with them. Um, I'm still kind of like jumping in and learning them, but it is a lot of fun for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Can you walk us through, like, I know you said every client is different, but do you have kind of like an outline of, of what a client could expect when they come to you for an intuitive coaching session? So typically, um, I usually know most of them before they'll book a session. So for the most part, um, just because I already have an energetic cord um, attached to them, I usually have some sort of inkling of what they're looking for. So typically, as soon as we go on the call, I will ask something along the lines of, um, are you feeling stuck in your business? Is that why you reached out? And usually I hear like a yes, you know, um, mm-hmm. so I usually kind of already know what they're calling for. Um, I did recently start um, offering something new called your prophetic plan. And it's basically a, an intuitive coaching session with cards, but then it follows up with like a personalized um, breakthrough box. So it's like a little box of goodies, like crystals. And, so cool. Yeah, I've done 10 of them. Um, it's been absolutely amazing, but like seven of them were people I had never met. Um, so wow. I was very nervous. Um, I'm in a women's coaching group online and on Sundays we were able to like throw out our current services. And so I've been really blessed that there's a lot of women in there that want to support each other. And so I've done women in California and Florida and a couple other places. Um, one woman actually loved it so much that she booked it for her mom and her husband. <laughs> so, oh, oh, that's awesome. What a testament to you. Yeah, that was super, super fun. Um, the man was actually my hardest reading ever. Um, I was wondering if you had ever done a man before. That was my first one. Um, and I was very nervous beforehand. I like really felt my nerves, which I normally don't get nervous about much. Um, but I, I kind of already got a message that he's a skeptic. And so <laughs> before I got on the Zoom call, I just sort of like said a little prayer, like, okay, you know, I'm here to do the work, you know, um, remind his higher self that that he's here to do the work too, and that we have to work together to make this happen, you know, and I just kind of mm-hmm. set the intention early. Um, and I really just delivered um, as much as I could with women. They're a lot more... Um, interactive on these calls so a lot of times I'll be like seeing those downloads and reading and pulling out things 
and I'll kind of glance at her and she'll be writing a note and she'll be like nodding. And so I'm like, okay, good. That one stuck. That one stuck. You know, um, mm-hmm. or I'll get this weird image. We're like, I don't know. I'm seeing an image of a ladybug. And she's like, you know, and I'm like, okay, good. That one made sense. You know, so I'm still kind of just making sure that like the energy level is the same. This guy was like, just, <laughs> no pressure <laughs> staring at me, you know? And, and so I'm just like giving as much information. Um, there was something very personal that came up like this childhood that I sort of just said, I don't know if this is going to make sense, but I'm getting this really strong feeling um, that maybe you had a rough childhood and that maybe you're still kind of battling that at times. You're really trying to make your own way. And anyway, after I got through that whole spiel, we're probably like 22 minutes into a reading, like his whole body language changed. And he, it was almost like he literally went from skeptic to believer. Um, and his facial movements changed. And then, and then all of a sudden he like started telling stories, you know, and telling me things. Like up to that point, I was just like, I hope this is working or I'll be refunding him. You know? Yeah. <laughs> right. Don't hang yeah, up on you're me. slowly <laughs> chipping away at the wall until it just comes down for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, a lot of my cards that I use are, um, they're all created pretty much by women. So they're all very women type cards. And so some of the cards, like I pull a card and I always hold it up to the camera and now everything's on Zoom so that they can see it. And and of course, like there are all these like flowy roses and everything else. And so I'm trying to like find a way to make some of these messages more masculine for him. Um, and that's what I realized, like I really need to have a masculine deck too if I'm going to keep doing this. But he's not my target. I don't like go out and market to guys. It's just, just so happened to be a husband. So um, mm-hmm. it still ended up being a great reading. And and he loved his box. Um, so that was good. But the box is probably my favorite part of the whole thing because I'm um, a huge lover of gifts. Like that's my love language is giving gifts. And so putting those things together is like so fun. Um, so I really, really love that part. Um, and so far, everybody has really loved it as well. So, but yeah, as far as the whole process, like it's um, the first few minutes, I'm just reading their energy and really trying to figure out like, what's going to make them feel um, satisfied by the end of this call? You know, what, what answer is it that they most seek? And a lot of times I know that right away, um, just based on the energy that they're giving off. And, and believe it or not, like we all like, so as soon as you get on here, um, you can kind of tell like, okay, she's really searching for guidance on a project. She's searching for answers on something big. A lot of times I'll hear um, some one of my biggest gifts is the clear audience, which is the ability to hear things. So a lot of times if someone is repeating something inside over and over again, like, just give me an answer, just give me an answer, just give me an answer. And like, so sometimes I'll be like, I know you just want an answer, you know, and, and like, and then like, they all like sit back, and, like, you know, and so I'm like, I said, I'm getting, I'm, I said, I'm getting a bit of a nudge that maybe you're really looking for an answer on something specific. And then that's when they're mm-hmm. like, how does she know that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of times I will tell them, I'm like, I am clear audience. So if there is a specific message coming out of you over and over again, I usually will hear it. You know, um, it's a lot stronger in person, but I have figured it out on Zoom, which is really good. Um, I was very worried about using Zoom with all this. Yeah. Stuff, so. Wow. I would think so. I just think with your clients, Leanne, it's so different. Like you've had to adapt that way too. So yeah. I would think <laughs> that being in person, you would get much stronger energy, Janet, than, oh, than sure. you would through a call. Yeah. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Um, so my daughter is going through some online training um, services for different things, um, NLP and life coaching, just learning different things. And she had brought up that the heart connection um, is, is formed mm. within six foot of somebody. 
Um, and so I find it really ironic that social distancing. Six feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is so true. Wow. If you think about like when you go to the grocery store or you go, you know, to pick up food or whatever you're going to do, we're wearing a mask. So we're already hiding the huge part of our faces that, that tell us someone is okay. You know, mm-hmm. that we can connect with them. Then we're keeping six feet. So our heart never has a chance to connect. You know, and then we go back home to our, you know, our homes and, and this is what we're doing day after day. And so we're missing out on so many things because of it. Um, yeah. I mean, yes. you know, I believe in science and I'm not saying it's, you know, we're not supposed to do it. I'm just saying like, we have to try extra hard to really connect with people. You yeah. know, like I find myself like nodding even with my mask on, like in a store or or yeah. smiling or saying, have a good day, you know? I'm like, I know, I'm like, I hope they can see the smile through my oh, eyes. Smiling. Yeah. Yeah. I'm constantly like waving. At a, yeah. Hey, you know, I'm here. Like, I love the video of the kindergarten teacher who's on Zoom. She went totally went viral on TikTok. And basically, she's like, okay, can anybody tell me the t- sound? Does it make a t- sound she's like interacting and like acting it all out for these kindergartners on zoom bless her like yeah it's gonna be so hard (laughs) yeah yeah I'm I understand that one too (laughs) I was like I was doing that before this call that's really funny (laughs) have you Janet have you noticed as you continue to practice with your intuitive um I guess not skills but just feelings with people Uh, are they getting stronger or is it just a matter of like trusting yourself more so i i actually think they are getting stronger i believe that um it is it is a a muscle that we have to to just use muscles because you know you're a trainer so um you know it's a muscle you know we i always had it i just didn't really know how to take care of it um, you know, if you really think um, in terms of muscle, uh, you know, I mean, I can put a lot of pressure on it. And if it's not strong and I haven't, you know, worked on it daily, it's not going to be strong. And I'm not going to show up and feel confident to use that muscle. So I have to really work on it daily. I'm constantly reading energy. Um, I do get a little more tired when I put a lot of effort into it. So I have to really watch my energy. Um it's not as bad now, obviously, because I'm not going to as many events and seeing as many people. I used to have a really hard time with like crowds and things like that. Um, so in, in that nature, you know, the whole staying home thing and, and kind of limiting my exposure has actually been really good for my energy. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm, I am able to kind of strengthen that muscle elsewhere. But definitely it's a, it's a muscle. It's something that I think we actually all have the ability to tap into. Um, I just think we all have different levels of strength. Like I definitely hear more things and I sense more things. Um, I don't see like dead people floating around. I don't, you know, I don't have any of that, but I, I do sense dark energies a lot of times in a room um, and I can sense uh, someone else's energy. Um, so I do see things around people. Like sometimes I will absolutely be repelled um, around someone and it's just because there's a dark energy that's attached to them. And it could be an entity. It could be their own energy. I mean, Sometimes I don't even want to know, like, it's just such a dark thing that I can't go there. Um, I also have to be really careful because when you bring a lot of light um, to the world, darkness does try to chase you. Um, So it's, you know, it's kind of a, almost like a spiritual warfare, you know, and and I'm very susceptible to that. Like if anybody is who who really believes in this type of work, you know, the light work, um, you know, we just, we get attacked easily because we're already open to it. 
Um, and so we right. get extra messages like, who do you think you are? Or, you know, um, you're way off base or things like that. And sometimes it's it's our own egos that are actually attacking us to protect us because it's, it is hard work, you know? It's, it's not Yeah, that's so true. Mm-hmm. I can... In in less of a spiritual way, I can relate um, to just trusting my gut with things. Like I'll go back into my past and realize I was, you know, hanging out with the wrong people for too long or dating the wrong people um, and not listening to like in the very beginning, like seeing the red flags. And, and I saw them, but I totally would ignore them um, and then just be stuck in these cycles of, of negative patterns over and over again. And and now it's like, I think when you first trust it, it's kind of like the whole changing and evolving thing. It's very uncomfortable because you don't know if you can trust yourself or not. It's just a feeling that you have. And then the more you practice that, the more you're like, it, no, like I got this. Like I should not be around this person. I need like, and I, I'm not a fan of cutting people out of my life by any means, but I have, I have done it. Um, because I, I know where that path leads and it's, it's not, it's not right for me. Yeah. Um, so that's been, that's been a lesson. Well, that's, for that's, a, that's a lifelong lesson for all of us. Um, you know, we are, our biggest challenge um, as, as humans um, is to figure out relationships. And honestly, that, that is the whole purpose of why we're here. Like we are here to navigate relationships. And honestly, you know, I can look back on my life and see, you know, a trail of, disaster, you know, relationships that I had to leave behind. I see some that were beautiful that I have great memories of. Um, but you know, it, we're not meant to, to dwell on what's been lost. We're meant to use them as lessons, you know? So instead of looking back and saying, Oh my gosh, I shouldn't have done this or I shouldn't have done that. If you just reframe it and say, what did this teach me? And really the lesson is far more valuable than the hurt that you suffered. Um, you know, learning your boundaries, learning how to speak up for yourself. Um, you know, I recently had someone attack uh, verbally someone in my family. Um, and, and it was someone that, that I had kind of let in my inner circle for far too long. And even though they had made disparaging comments, even though they had posted questionable things and, um, and when they attacked, you know, one of my daughters, I basically was like, sorry, we're done. You know, yeah. and I said, mm-hmm. I, I, I wish you well, but you are no longer a part of this. And I had to just draw a boundary. And honestly, instead of saying, why did this happen to me? I just said, what did I learn from this? You know, where should I have drawn that boundary before? You know, should I have done it before? Because sometimes you can't go back and draw it. You know, like there are all sorts of lessons we can go back and say, I should have known better. I should have done this. But that, that doesn't really give us any peace. But what does give us the peace is saying, had I not met this person, I would not have learned this. And so exactly. every, is yeah. a lesson. every relationship is a lesson, you know, whether it's a good lesson or a bad lesson, a hard lesson, a heartbreaking lesson, you know, they, they're all lessons of some kind, because when we get to the end of this life, we're meant to look back and say, I understand now forgiveness. I understand this. And the only way we can understand those things is if they're tied to relationships, because we don't learn them on our own. We have to learn them through other people. Yeah. Oh, My mind's going a million miles. What energy are you getting right now? <laughs> well, my, I literally had goosebumps um, on my arms. So like, um, I'm just getting like an overwhelming sense that you women are really here 
um, to inspire something different um, and to really raise the vibration. So, um, so I think that you guys are on the right path for sure. Um, there's a beautiful energy between the two of you, um, and that really a yin and yang kind of balances each other out. So, um, so I, I see nothing but great things for you guys for sure. Aww, thank you, thank Janet. You. Yeah, that's so nice. It's it's weird because we're starting to feel it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we went into this kind of very unknown, but we trusted each other. And it's, I think Leanne, I think you would say the same thing. Our relationship has grown leaps and bounds in the past year than it ever has just because we're like, so in this together, you yeah. know what I mean? And like where I lack, she picks up and vice versa. And it's been incredible. So it, it's, exciting to come to do this every time that we do it just because we're creating it ourselves you know and we can feel the energy and that it, we want it to be so much more and we just want to connect people to new perspectives new ways of doing things healthier options you know just all sorts of different things that we're finding in our own lives so I'm glad that people feel that back that makes yeah. me feel really happy yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Janet. Yeah. So it's, it's funny, kind of like how you said with your angel cards, like it, you're trying to encourage people. Like that's exactly what we want to do. And it's funny because when Calla, when you said like, we're just starting to feel it, like a lot of the times I lead with my insecurities about things, like my guard goes straight up and it's like, Oh, I, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know if I sh should put myself out there like that. Or I just don't know how you know, like you said, you, you put people the wanting to like you in front of authenticity. And, and I, I do, I still have that. I I'm more comfortable with being myself now, but I still have that fear of putting myself out there maybe too much, you know, like, yeah, people get sick of me. <laughs> I don't want to be, you know, that annoying voice, but I, I think it helps this Cala and, and HTC has helped me so much because it's, I know it's a positive um, just endeavor that I can get behind. It's a good message and it's, it's helping people. And knowing that I'm, that is the umbrella that I'm putting myself out there underneath that enables me to do, it, you know, wow, that's so nice. <laughs> that's I, love, so I love that so much. And I will tell you, um, everybody who is in the space of sharing their lives on social media or on a podcast or a radio show or however, um, struggles with vulnerability um, and mm -hmm. how much is too much. And yeah. the the um, I guess the number one voice you can listen to on this is Brene Brown. And yeah. in her book, Daring Greatly, um, she literally talks about giving her TED Talk and how she sort of goes off the rails a little bit and shares a lot. And afterwards, she had like a vulnerability hangover is how she describes it. And she even says, I'm not even sure, you know, um, I, I should have said all those things. She goes, it just feels like I went too far. And then she's like, but it's just a TED Talk. How many people are really going to watch it? And then <laughs> she's like, to this date, this TED Talk has been viewed more than 4 million. You know? <laughs> and so she goes on to say, like, her most vulnerable moment that she thought maybe was a mistake is actually the, cat the catalyst for becoming who yes. is most meant to be. Um, yeah. And so I definitely resonated with that a lot. Um, she talks about the arena, um, which is based on an old quote, but she talks about the arena. If you're not in the arena, getting your butt kicked at the same time, I don't want to hear from you. Yep, um, exactly. And it's, it's really favorite quote. to get caught up in what are all the spectators seeing and thinking, 
but really all we should care about is who's in the arena with us. You know, who's holding in, who is coaching us, who's guiding us, you know, the people who are cheering, they don't see the sweat and tears, you know, they, they don't know what goes into it. And most of them will never get out of their seats and try it for themselves. And so we have to just keep pushing and doing what feels authentic to us because that's all that matters. Yeah. I do too. I feel like that's very in line with like where I was two years ago when, when I started this and tried to do it on my own. And I, I thought I had that annoying voice. I I mean, I still do on certain days, you know, I'm like, no one cares that I'm doing, you know, I've got, and and it's hard because I've got people in my family that still aren't on board and, you know, can, can give me a nice compliment about what I'm doing or even like tune into it, you know? So it's, it's difficult, but there's something inside me that says, keep going because it doesn't matter. Like, this is what you're supposed to do. And I don't understand it. (laughs) And I know I needed somebody with me to like go on this journey with and it worked out perfectly. And it's, it's awesome. So yeah, when you do just show up for yourself and you kind of try to quiet the noise within your own head and outside of you, you really can do some pretty great things. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and I'll just tell you, like, don't look for your closest friends and family um, to support you through this endeavor. And, and only because it's not that they can't, um, but they're not meant to. They're meant to support you in a different way. Um, you know, to this day, like my mother-in-law thinks that I just sit around and talk to strangers on the internet all day. Like she doesn't <laughs> actually know at all what I do. Um, and even made a comment once was like, shouldn't Janet get a real job, you know? And so they're not meant to understand and we're not meant to try to make them understand. Um, you mm-hmm. know, eventually they either will cheer you on or not. You know, my dad actually probably um, was my biggest fear um, when I came out as an intuitive because he is like Mr. Conservative and doesn't really believe in any of that woo-woo nonsense. Um, Mm -hmm. But thankfully, you know, he doesn't bring it up at Christmas or whatever. So (laughs) he... There's a respect there, yeah. (laughs) You know, like I don't talk about politics and he doesn't talk about whatever it is that I do, you know. Um, but he is supportive in other ways, you know, so he will congratulate me like on a book coming out or, you know, he'll do those things. Um, he's probably never going to say like, wow, what a sound like a great card reading or, you know, he's not going <laughs> to engage with me like that. He's never going to ask me to pull a card for him. And that would be really not weird. yet. <laughs> not yet. Yeah, my, whole, my whole family is pretty into that now here. But yeah, my dad probably not so much. But how do you deal with that? How do you combat that? What have you had any success just knowing that that's where it stands? Is that enough for you? Or was there a period of time where you really had to like get yourself to just feel those feelings and move past it? You know, um, I think the, the only way to combat those types of feelings is just to ask yourself, you know, is this person's opinion going to pay my bills? And <laughs> mm, I like that question. And, you know, found the quote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, they're your ideal client, you know, and then then their opinion might be your bills. But you know, like my dad, you know, no, I'm I, I'm old enough now. I have my own family. Like I I don't need my dad to be approved of you know of my business in order for me to to function. You know, um, yeah. So like I think that's helpful in, in every sense of the word. You know, do, do I care about my former church friends who think that, you know, whatever I'm doing now is a form of witchcraft? You know, no, I don't care. Their opinions do not pay my bills. They're not my ideal clients. They're not going to come to me for help with their business because they're too busy doing whatever it is that they think is important to them. 
you know, so we all have those different things. Like, just like they wouldn't ask for my opinion, you know, on their current church mission or whatever they feel is necessary for their growth, you know? So we have to, like, we, we don't go out and seek the advice of people who haven't traveled the path we want to travel. You know, if they're, if they've not gone the road that we want to go on, why would we get off of our road, go to their road and ask them for advice? Mm-hmm. They don't know. Well, I feel like I was supposed to hear that today. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it also, it has nothing to do with you. I mean, just like you were saying about your dad, Janet, like my dad's lived with two trainers for, I don't know, my mom, 30 years, 20 years. <laughs> And uh, he doesn't pick up a weight. He just won't do it. And that's like backed by science. Like everybody knows you should work out. You should eat healthy. He won't do it. And it's, it has nothing to do with me. If I pushed it on him, he'd probably want to do it even less. He'd be less likely mm. to. So I, it's something you just have to accept as part of their journey. And, it, um, it's, it's, and I'll give you a great, um, a really great example that just kind of hit me is um, I had a coaching client last year. And we met um, about once every two weeks and she was in, um, in a skincare uh, business and she felt really, really strongly about her products, like believed in them, used them herself, like everything. Mm-hmm. And she comes to me one day for a coaching session. And instead of us getting straight into what was next on our plan, she was very emotional and completely upset because her husband um, basically refused to try her products or recommend her. Um, and, and I just, you know, I sat back because first of all, I didn't understand like, um, why, you know, he, he wouldn't support that. So, so like, I had to kind of like, even just take myself back to like, okay, if this were not a spouse, this was our father, if this was someone else, you know, I would give her the same advice. And, and I basically told her, I said, you know, does his support of your business make your business legitimate? Does his support of your business, you know, make your business successful? And she was like, well, no. I'm like, if he doesn't use your product, does that mean your products are inferior? She's like, no. And I said, you can be the juiciest peach, but if someone doesn't like peaches, you can't change for that. Yeah. And so we have, I mean, it probably derailed us for about 20 minutes of our coaching session just to get her back on track. Um, but yeah. you know, the people that we are closest to often do not see the potential. And it's just because that's not what they're there for in that relationship. You know, um, like, so my father is not here to encourage me to become an intuitive empath because he's probably too freaked out thinking I know all the deep dark secrets, <laughs> you know, after growing <laughs> up with him, right? But he's here to do other things. He was, he was there to be stable for me in another way. You know, so for whatever reason, this this woman's husband, you know, she just, he did not want anything to do with that product. He didn't want to help her. He didn't want to talk about it. He just, he wanted to be a husband and his version of that was different. You know, now I had to ask her though, what do you need from him in order for, you know, because this is a two way street, you know, he can tell you this is his belief and blah, 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 but you need to decide what is it you're going to accept. You know, with my father, I'm totally fine showing up for Christmas dinner and we just talked about the Cowboys and whatever. I'm fine with that. I do not need to talk about in, intuition and woo-woo and all that in order to have a relationship with my dad. Now, if my husband didn't support my business, we would be having some bigger conversations. Mm-hmm. You know, so I had to really tell her, like, you've got to figure out what matters most. So each relationship you have, you know, you've got to just decide, like, what is a deal breaker? Because there are lots of deal breakers and you can choose them. 
for some people, they could be like, I don't believe in what you do, but I still think you're awesome. And I'm like, fabulous. I'll see you later. <laughs> yeah. And then there's other people where I'm like, whoa, I don't even like that person. I don't care. You know? Yeah. So we mm-hmm. have views of those people, you know? So we just have to decide who, what we want from who, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel yeah. like you need a Venmo request us at the end of this. <laughs> I know, I know, right? I'm just like, man, oh man. That's funny because at the, at the end of um, a lot of the conversations with my husband and I, like, he'll we'll talk through something. He'll be like, thanks, because that really helps. And I'm like, I'll send my invoice later. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, Well, I saw, Janet, that you're also doing um, like mindset retreats or are they meditation retreats? Yeah, so they're kind of a combination. Um, This is new for me. Um, I was really, really reluctant to go the virtual retreat route because I've done in-person retreats for four years and they are just life-changing, the energy in the room and, I mean, just Mm -hmm. amazing. And so I really kind of struggled with this whole jumping on the virtual bandwagon. I kind of was like, maybe COVID will let up and maybe, 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 maybe. And then finally I was like, okay, it's not going anywhere. So I've just yeah. got to pivot. Um, so we Sounds have- like you, Leanne. <laughs> I know. I know. Exactly. Those are my exact thoughts, Janet. <laughs> so yeah, we have our first one coming up. Um, I have a mastermind program of women that, um, that basically bought into a year-long coaching program with me. And so they have that included as part of their package. But then other people are welcome to join um, if they want to as well. But it's um, it's intended to give them the tools so that they can reset their mindset. So it's a combination of things from um, meditations and music to journaling activities and then even sharing with each other. Um, and basically, I kind of have a mind, body, spirit, voice um, way of doing things. So it's kind of like we're going to perceive in our mind with the meditations, um, our body with some of the music. Um, our spirit through journaling or whatever, but then our voice as we connect with other people. Um, and then taking them through kind of a pro- the same process that I basically use whenever I have to reset my mindset around something. Um, so really kind of just teaching the tools that I have used over the last few years. Um, we have a, a longer retreat in November that's um, going to be like a, a Friday night, you know, welcome reception, like with a bunch of icebreakers on Zoom. And then Saturday is more learning. And then Sunday is more um, feedback among the other attendees. Um, and that's basically the same weekend we were supposed to have our in-person event um, that, that was supposed to be in Dallas. And that's been moved to April. So um, so trying to offer just some, some other local um, virtual opportunities. So. How do you find your meditations? So um, I have a lot that I love on Insight Timer. Um, that's mm-hmm. one of my that's favorite apps. Um, and then there's a couple that I found through some of the groups I'm in, uh, where people will like, you know, post something that they've listened to that like was life changing. Um, I really love some of the chanting ones that like really sound like no language I've ever heard in my life. Um, those are some of my favorites. Um, just because like, if, if it's in another language and something I don't understand, it forces me to, um, almost listen and yeah. yeah, yeah. And process it differently. So um, so I use a combination of tools. Um, I did have a podcast briefly um, in 2019. Um, and I just Why am I not surprised? <laughs> it was called um, Sister Take Heart. And it, it was basically like just covering tough topics, so like depression. And um, I lost two very close friends to suicide in 2019. And that was sort of the motivation for the podcast. Um, I gave it up after a few months because it was... Um, 
it just turned out it wasn't what I wanted to do. Like, I didn't really like listening to myself talk. Um, I really like I get that. <laughs> I like the idea of talking to someone else. Um, so, like, I like the idea of, like, two people coming on the podcast, but I didn't like the idea of me talking. But I did get a lot of feedback on, like, the four episodes that I uploaded that everybody said that my voice was, like, trance-like um, and that they, would, that they would want me to do, like, a nighttime meditation or whatever. Um, yeah. So I, yeah. I sort of just pocketed that information and said I might need to come back to that later. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. God, you could incorporate, like, your singing into it. That would just be beautiful. Yeah, definitely. Th- th- those things are all kind of floating around in my head. Um, I have, like, way too many creative ideas at all times. <laughs> um, like, literally, as we sit here, like, my uh, – it just hit me a few minutes ago that, like, this week I had originally planned to work on the vision for a, a 2021 daily affirmation, like, planner or journal or something. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, oh, it's October. I should probably work on that. Um, so <laughs> I'm, I'm always working on stuff. Like, and of course, books. I love books. Um, we do have a, a book coming out um, on October 22nd. Um, and it's called Every Heart Has a Gift. And it's basically 14 authors, um, including myself and Ariana, my daughter, um, oh. sharing uh, oh, stories cool. and giftings. So, yeah, we actually have the book here. So this is the cover. Oh, and when does that come out, Janet? October twenty second. That's the surprise. Okay. It's got like a line across it, but um, but yeah, it's um, it's really good. Like, it's it. There's so many different stories. There's um, the theme is a, our gifts, so basically our individual gifts. But then like there's like the gift of healing, the gift of grief, um, the gift of freedom. There's all different gifts, and they basically wrote little short stories or. Um, things that they learned or something like that so they're, they're all bat like just dramatically different we're talking about women of different races religions backgrounds ages so there's something kind of for everyone in that book so yeah that one comes out um later this month it'll be my seventh um publication seventh wow oh that's my a- gosh i can barely get one out that's this is like <laughs> my dream once you, once you do the first one it's like floodgates then you you're like constantly excited about the next that's how it started. Um, I was writing very consistently for like a year, you know, and I was just, I was getting it. I was getting like the vibe of what I was trying to do. I was really piecing it together. And then I, we suffered a big loss in my family and it just kind of shut everything down for me emotionally, mentally, like it, it drained me, you know, and I'm, I'm getting to the point where, okay, it's been a year since that's happened. It's time to start like getting back into it because there's not, and I'm not even being dramatic. There is not a day goes by that it doesn't say, why aren't you writing this? Why? Like, where is it? So I've got to listen to it. I've got to like carve the time out to do it. But what's your writing process like? I'm just so curious. So um, my writing is very um, up and down. So <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> yeah, right. It's so manageable. Okay. Um, I will tell you, I highly recommend the Miracle Morning for writers. Um, it is a book. The Miracle Morning is a great book. I read a bunch of years ago. Um, it was actually what got me back to the gym a bunch of years ago. It's what got my husband to the gym. You know, um, I turned him onto it, and now he's up at four, whatever, every now and like I'm, he's crazy. He, he's obsessive. So that's crazy. I relate. <laughs> yeah, Clayton. No, Clayton read that exact same book. He was on a podcast that I listened to, and I was like, I need to get that book, and I got it. But I was like. 
I was afraid to read it because I knew it would make me get up early and I didn't feel ready. So Clayton picked it up and now he's up at 4.30 in the morning going to the gym. Mm-hmm. So, so it works. So that, that book, so the Miracle Morning book started it. Now I've read it, got into it and did it. But then a few years later, um, he partnered, the, the author Hal partnered with another friend of mine who's also an author and they created the Miracle Morning for writers. And so it's a specific a morning routine if you want to write and so I picked that one up sort of reluctantly because I hate mornings um and I was already kind of snoozing back later so when I'm in writing mode I follow that pretty much to the law and most mornings um so like depending on where I was at in my book it would either be a 4 or 5 a.m wake up um, my husband brings me coffee in bed because I'm spoiled. Oh, <laughs> um, no, I love that. <laughs> and I would open my laptop, put my glasses on, and, like, write. And so mm-hmm. I do have a very specific process on how I get to the writing. Like, I do a mind map, um, and then I do an outline so that I don't just stare at anything that's white and blink and blinking cursor because that's impossible. Um, but as long as I have my outline, I can pretty well follow it. But when I was writing consistently, I wrote anywhere from two to 3,000 words a day. Um, and it was typically from four to six in the morning or five to seven, depending on what time before the kids got up and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I would just write, write, write until I was kind of done. And then I would be, mm-hmm. and I would track my, my word count. So my, um, my first book, like I started January 1st of 2016. Um, and my goal was to publish it by my birthday, which is the very end of 2016. And I did okay. it within like two weeks to spare, but it was so, um, like spontaneous, my writing. So like, it would be for like three weeks solid, I would write like 30,000 words, you know, mm-hmm. and then it would be like two months of nothing. See those things in the background, these post-it notes, those are my chapters. <laughs> so yes, I'm, I'm, I hear you. I feel it. I say it's easiest if you just set your publish date and you work back. Okay. Um, because that's, Oh, that's good. That's the easiest way to do it. So my book that came out last year, the sisterhood book, um, the new rules of the sisterhood, like I had a very particular like time frame. I wanted it out and into the world, you know, by, um, like April or May of 2019. Um, and it came out April 8th. But so I set like a date and it was like, it had to have it by that date. And really I goofed off so many days leading up to that. Like as with most creatives, you know, you, you're like, okay, I want to finish this by the end of the month. And so a week goes by, you do nothing. And a week goes by, you do nothing. Yes. And then another week goes by and you're like, oh my God, I have nine And then you do it all. <laughs> and so that's pretty much the writing process as well. Like you just set the date you want to have it done. And I mean, I also That's know, like, beautiful advice. The average work count, you know, so like I could say, okay, I want to make sure I have a 40,000 word book, which is the average like nonfiction, you know, how to or self-help or whatever. And then I could basically say if I write a thousand words a day, which is less than I would normally do, I, so that's 40 days of writing. So then I would, mm-hmm. I would break it down and say, okay, I want to write three days this week. So I would pick my mornings that I got up early and I would sleep the other mornings, kind of give myself a break. Um, and that worked really well for me. So I also, I can't do the whole nonstop, you know, right, 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 right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Mine's very sporadic, but it's like once it's kind of like you said, the floodgates, it'll all of a sudden, then you'll be like, whoa. And then it, you know, it, it's the best feeling in the world. I love it. You I know, chase it. Of my writing, like of a book, I'm at Starbucks, you know, like with like the third, you know, coffee cup there, you know, earbuds are in, I'm like, you know, going crazy. My phone's blowing up because everybody is like, where are you? You know, <laughs> and I am just working like to get it done. And I'm like, like probably have been at Starbucks like four and five hours, you know, a few times to finish because like I found a lot of my best work was in a coffee shop. It's just was so much easier for me to work. Such a good, like romantic vibe too, for a writer. <laughs> you have to be in a coffee and shop. Ideas about things because people and plus the energy of it. And Oh yeah. Yeah. I miss that. I, I haven't done that in a while. Yeah. Oh, I bet. That's amazing. That gives me some good insight. That makes me happy to know that it's not like, I don't it's know. I'm very you. sporadic. <laughs> yeah, it's not just me. It is attainable. And I know these things in the back of my mind. But I also, um, I guess one of the struggles that I have with that is that I I have, carry a lot of like um, guilt almost, I guess, when it comes to not being involved with people. Like I can't just shut off. Like the, this is something new that I'm trying. I'm stumbling around my words right now because I don't really know how to articulate it well. But just focusing on work and taking that time, I carry a lot of guilt that I should be doing other things instead of doing that, even though it's put on my heart to do. Um, and I've just now really gotten to the point of I'm, I'm incredibly disciplined for the first time in my life when it comes to my time. And it, it's paying off with that guilt feeling still hasn't gone away yet. So I'm, I'm hoping it will one day, maybe it won't. I don't know. Maybe that's the fuel for all of this to make it happen. But um that's been a big detour for me. Guilt is typically tied to um, a self-imposed expectation. So yeah, I'm a Virgo and I'm very perfectionist. And so <laughs> I'm always, yeah. So I would say like whatever you're feeling, it's because you thought you were supposed to be better at this than you are. Or Correct. You, you know what I mean? Like, like, so typically your guilt, honestly, it's not rooted in anything real. Um, it's, it's typically your ego and your higher self are sort of like coming together and being like, she can do so much, but she needs to do this. And so what happens is you're hearing both of those pulling forces constant giving in to the, to the guilt side. So you need to give in to the the other side, which the other side is confidence, self-assuredness, knowing your purpose, knowing your mission. Those things outweigh that fake guilt. And it really is fake. It's completely unfounded. It's there to distract you and to keep you in a safe place. <laughs> Janet! I'm my coaching her before this call. I know. No, I... It's it's so true. Leanne, you know how you were talking earlier about um, how there's like some books you just don't want to read because you just yes. feel like you're just not ready for it. That's how Course in Miracles is for me. That's oh. that's the one where I just I'm like, it's it's here. It's been staring at me for like almost a year. I need to I picked it up one time and it got too real. So I put it back down. <laughs> I have a little hate with that book, actually. Like, that, there oh, let's hear it. There's some beautiful pieces, but I actually have never read the whole thing either. Um, I feel like there's so many other spins of it um, that can be far more advantageous. You know, um, like uh, 
Debbie Bernstein, I feel like, does um, an equal. I'm reading her book right now. <laughs> I'm reading Super Attractor right now. Super Attractor is actually really good. I actually think that might be one of her best. Um, her, so she talks about the emotional vibration scale. Um, which Literally, is, that's what I read this morning. Oh my <laughs> that's God. freaking me out. <laughs> well, I just recommended that to someone yesterday who was posting on Facebook about having a negative thought spiral happening and how do I, you know, how do I deal with this? She lives alone and you know, COVID and everything else. And and I basically said, look up the emotional vibration scale. And I'm like, you need to find a way to raise your vibration, even if it's just one. You know, even up from one because this is it's this great scale you know, that is very visual. I'm a visual person, so I really appreciate it. Um, but basically, once you're trapped in that lower spiral, you kind of move up and down just in the lower spiral. You never get up into that top one unless you consciously um, raise your vibration. Um, and it's like, I can catch myself. Like if I'm in a moment of overwhelm, I'm like, oh, okay, how do I shift out of that? Wait, how can I get into whatever the next emotion is or, or two up, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So music, dancing, walking, meditation, you know, water, like there, I have a whole list of like quick fixes that will like shift your vibration, you know, almost instantly. Yeah, what is this book called? Attractor. Super attractor. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's on my list now. I'll send it to you. I'll okay. send it to you when I'm done with it. <laughs> it's good. It's really good. A lot of her books are great. Um, the universe has your back is a little, um, I felt disjointed. Um, I do feel like it had a lot of good gems in it. Um, I did use some of her recommendations like for finding a sign for things. Um, and I liked that advice, but super attractor, I feel like really focuses on, you know, how you feel dictates everything that you attract in your life. Um, so like if I catch myself feeling a certain way, I'm like, okay, however I'm feeling right now, that's what I'm attracting. Um, and so it, it makes me a lot more conscious of everything that I do and say and feel. Um, so I really yeah, I completely that. agree with that. Yeah. I'm reading a book right now called Happy Pocket Full of Money. And it's also one of those books that has been sitting there for like three-ish years, I guess. And it talks about the same exact thing. It talks about how your life as it is right now is a result of your previous thoughts. And like currently what you're thinking right now is manifesting your your future life and and how to kind of rein in your thoughts and focus on what you do want and keep it positive to, to keep going in a positive direction. Oh yeah. It's really cool. So exciting. (laughs) (laughs) I'm such a book junkie. Like, Oh, us too. Yeah. Yeah. What are you reading right now? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I'm reading, um, I'm reading a book called ghosted, which is, um, a fiction book. I'm in the Jen Hatmaker book club. Yeah. Which is my first time ever in one of the book clubs, like from the celebrities or whatever. Um, but I'm actually really loving um, that book club. Um, the book is interesting. I'm still just a couple of chapters in, but I've heard that it like takes a dangerous turn and it's very interesting. I'm really trying to read more fiction because it kind of gets me out of like, you know, busy life. Um, mm-hmm. What else am I reading? Um, I've been reading The Calling by Raw Goddess. Um, it's a little out there for me um so like i'm going to kind of reel it back in and see if it's something i can stick with um i also got oh i just got this book um on being human and it's like a memoir and um this 
the code, the women's coaching group I'm in, um, she's in it. And she oh, went cool. to a workshop with Elizabeth Gilbert um, a couple of year or two ago. They called it um, Big On Being Magic or something, where it was a combination of Big Magic, which is Elizabeth Gilbert's book, which I love, it's one of my favorites, and then her On Being Human. So it's kind of like a joint workshop. So I was really fascinated. So I How cool is that? Yeah. But um I don't think what else. I don't know. I've, I've always got like multiple books going at, um, at different times. So I love it. You that. have an all time favorite that you just like that, that book changed it for me. So light is the new black. Um, it probably like my favorite book of all time. Um, and it was the first time I read something where when I closed it, I almost emotional because I felt like I was meant to read it. Um, so I will tell you her symbol um, is the triangle. And basically she, uh, Rebecca Campbell is the author and she basically says that the triangle represents um, the, the version of the light worker. Basically, you know, someone who's called here to bring light, to bring love and raise the vibration and all that stuff. And I felt so strongly after reading that book that I sat on it for a few months, but I ultimately got the tattoo of the triangle on. Okay, I'm freaking out right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> that is so awesome. <laughs> oh, so bad. Yeah, I feel like I need to. Yeah, there we go. go. <laughs> no, it's so true. I, yeah, I'm big into symbolism for sure. Well, so I, I ended up um, putting the my new logo for my intuitive business is a golden a triangle. It actually has like a little swoosh going through it, but it also has some floral pieces. So like all of them have like very unique meanings to me. Um, so I design all of my own stuff, my own logos, all my book covers I design. So I'm like, I'm a very visual person, but I also believe in the imagery of everything. And so when I read that book, she also talked about the triangle is the strongest structure. Um, because if you think about like, no matter how much force you put on these two pieces, they can never harm the bottom piece. As long as these two are tough, like it can withhold anything. Um, and, it, and it also reminds me of mind, body, spirit, you know, which is kind of like, you really have to make sure your mind and body are in cahoots together because otherwise your spirit's exposed. Um, so I just loved everything about it, and, that, and that's why I had to have it tattooed, and that's why it had to be in my logo, and so yeah. <laughs> so Light is the New Black is like, anybody that asks me about um, woo-woo and learning about intuition and all of that, I, I tell them to start with that book, because if they read it and they are like, oh my gosh, then they're meant to be a part of that world, and if they read it like, whoa, you've lost it, then they'll know the Too much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not meant for them. They yeah. I also love Big Magic um, by Elizabeth Gilbert. So she's basically talking about the creativity and how we manifest things and create things that we're supposed to do. Um, it is a deep read, but oh my gosh, the, the thing that stuck with me for life, and I have used this with coaching clients and I've used it on the stage, is she says when we have something that we are meant to create, um, we feel it, we know it, we are supposed to deliver this. She says that if we don't deliver it and we don't make it happen, that the idea is plucked from our brains and it is planted somewhere else where it will be. And so she actually gives this, I see you shaking your head, so I know this is gonna help for you, Helen. So she talks about 
having this idea for a book, writing part of it, the characters, the names, the location, and then she tables it because life happens. And then fast forward as she runs into someone on the other side of the world who has written the same story, the same names, the same location. And this was like an obscure, like women of the Amazon, weird, like you would not, like no two people should have this same idea. And so, she, so I really believe it's true. And it's the reason why when I have a calling, like no matter how crazy it is, like if I tell my husband, I have to write a book that's about this, or I have to do this, or I have to draw this or whatever it is, like. It's because the idea has been planted. And, and I think it's, we owe it to ourselves to follow through and do those things. And what happens is they, it gets taken away. And then we can't realize like, why did it get taken away? Why didn't I do that? Why didn't I ever come back? You know, and, and then someone else brings it to fruition and you're like, oh, I should have done that. You know? Yeah. I love that you said that, Janet, because with have the conversation, Kala's passion and like drawn towards doing this is what encouraged me to to join in when she first asked me to be a part of it and I was like okay well the way that she feels about this it will be something big but at the same time there was another person that was supposed to be a part of it and in the beginning I know if if Cal had asked me to partner with her and it just being us the insecurity inside of me and just just fear of of the unknown would have pushed it's towards a lot of no. pressure it would have been a, a lot, lot of pressure, pressure for you yeah. I don't know if I would have said yes and it's almost like totally the universe tricked us into making this happen it we thought it was three it wasn't three and I I committed I said yes and when I commit to something I'm gonna do it and so I was like well this is this is how it is now and and it's it's been wonderful and it's blown our minds in like the weirdest like ways it's been you know not to quote uh Gabby Bernstein again but it's just the universe has your back right like everything that doesn't work out is working for you towards something better and it's hard because it comes with people you love and people that you care about in your your big dreams of how you think things were going to happen and then when that's taken away I understand why a lot of people quit, mm-hmm. but with this, the the passion behind it, the reason for doing it, I mean, I tried to table this project how many times? <laughs> and I was just like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And every single time it was coming back, like, you need to do this and you don't need to know how to do this. Just keep going. And luckily, I mean, I've got the best partner in the entire planet to be Aww. able to do this with now. Ditto. So, so it's, you know, it's, it's just cool, but not neither Leanne or I could have seen this for ourselves of what we thought it was going to be or how we would get to where we are right now and where we're going. Yeah. And a future guest for you, um, definitely needs to be my daughter. Um, Yes. We've already, yes. I've already thought about it after her post last night with you guys and your new client. And I was like, I think we need to have someone else on too. (laughs) Absolutely. Let's make it happen. Because, you know, and I will say, you know, um, Callie, I love the way you said, like, you know, it may not happen the way you thought it would or whatever, because like, okay, so my life obviously changed drastically um, with the, the pandemic and the changes and, you know, all of my keynotes went away and I mean, business changed and business slowed down. And, and I remember, you know, I try not to say, why is this happening to me? I never really try to sing those words. I always say, what is this teaching me? What am I supposed to learn? What am I supposed to do here? And basically I kept getting this message of like, just slow down, just slow down. And, and so things got really slow. 
and my business <laughs> slowed down a lot to where all of a sudden, like, I was looking at my calendar, like, wow, I usually have seven clients in a week and I have two and, you know, and, and I was kind of wondering like, okay, am I, what am I supposed to be doing here? Um, and then in July, my grandbaby was born and, um, and obviously that was like, like an ultimate gift. And I was like, well, I love that I can be around more and, and see her and this and that. And then when she was just 19 days old, um, my daughter's fiance passed away and overnight we had to move them in with us and we had to just kind of make a lot of changes so that they had a safe place to live. And also my daughter had support and emotional support and and it hit me one morning when I was, you know, laying in bed at six in the morning and this grandbaby was on my chest. And, and I was like, oh, that's why I had to slow down. Like, mm. because I was going to spend this, the first couple months of this baby's life, you know, helping. Like, I, there's no way with the schedule I had in March, I wouldn't have been able to do any of these things in July and August the, the way that we did, yeah. you know. Um, and so it all just made a lot of sense. but. You know, we talk about things are unexpected or whatever. I mean, now I'm sharing an office with my daughter. You know, we're building a business together. We also have our own, you know, um, interests and things we're doing apart. But um, but it's really nice that, like, just to know that no matter what happens, you know, we, we're we just supposed to keep just keep growing and keep changing. And we have no idea, you know, what's, what's going to happen. You just kind of have to trust the timing that the things that are like put on your heart and in your mind are going to happen, just not maybe the way that you thought that they were. And I like a big thing for me lately has been I I have very conflicting things with with faith and religion and all those things from my past and things like that. But I really, truly believe that the universe, God, whatever it is. Maybe it's just me believing in myself for the first time. I feel like they all kind of go hand in hand with one another. Um, that like things are working for my own good, whether I want to believe it or not, even though they're going to come in like really big struggles and big hurdles and things like that. It's ultimately for the best. Yeah. Well, and you got to think, you know, only the, only the tough times really produce the best stories. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that they bring the biggest lessons, you know, yeah. I mean, if you went and sailed across the world and it was nothing but smooth, smooth sailing, you know, and you got home and everyone said, how was your trip? You just be like, it was wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like crazy stories of like the storm and the sharks and the, like all the things that you had to endure along the way. That's what makes you human, and that's what ties people to your story, and that's what we're meant to be doing is sharing stories with each other. Um, and I think that's why you know shows like this are like needed because we're supposed to engage with each other and dig this stuff out, and then remind each other that like you know you're beautiful. I want to hear it. I want to see it. You know, and like that's the magic and the whole religious and all that kind of stuff. Honestly, if, if I think if we all just focus on the good of ourselves and the good of the planet, like all at the same time, basically the highest good for all, as Gabby Bernstein says, I mean, like we would raise the vibration, the highest good for all. It doesn't matter who you believe in, what church you're going to, like, are you, you know, like literally the sign that we picked for our walls is work hard and be nice to people. Like, it is <laughs> like, and we laughed about it. We sat at Target and I was like, it's so simple, but oh my gosh, right? 
I just worked on. It'd be nice to be. I have that in my son's room. <laughs> we just grabbed it at Target the other day because we were like, I need something for the wall. We need each other. We need humanity. We need people to see that it's okay to have conversations, that it's, it's even if they're tough or tricky. I mean, Leanne, you and I have talked about this before, like, and I think it was in our very first podcast that we did together, like as um, partners, it was, you know, nothing bad has come from a conversation. Everything good in my life has come from a conversation. And I hate the idea that there's people out there who are too afraid to have them. So for me, that's really where I feel like I can just kind of shove my ego aside for a little bit and just be like, just show up, talk about what's real and true to you, let other people do the same thing, create a safe space where they feel welcome to do that. And then that is how we can raise the vibration or, or make the world a little bit better so that people can understand that they're not alone through this stuff or like their thoughts aren't that unique. I hate to say that, but (laughs) they're just, they're not because there's a million other people out there that can relate to it or understand it in some depth. And when you have that understanding, you can really, you can really change the way that you live your life. I, I, I truly believe that. So that's my Ted talk. <laughs> Get my lighter. You know, <laughs> well, Janet, thank you so much for just coming on and hanging out with us. Where can people find you? Um, how can they connect with you if they want to, you know, take part in what you're offering? So find me um, online at JanetCBernstein.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram um, at JanetCBernstein. And then all over Facebook, which is where I spend a lot of time. Um, and you can also find us at SynergyBrandingGroup.com. And that is our mother-daughter duo, uh, female-owned and kicking butt. Um, Woo! Uh, to work with you there as well. Thank you so, so much. We'll be sending everybody your way. And oh my gosh, it was such a pleasure and treat to to talk to you. I feel like I'm going to be downloading a lot yeah. <laughs> from our conversation and, and listening back to this, I think will be really, really beneficial to me. So thank you. Yeah. Awesome. It's great to see you, Janet. And we'll be reaching out to Ariana soon. I'm yes, absolutely. <laughs> Bye, ladies. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, we invite you to come and be a part of the HTC community on our various social media platforms. Simply search at Have the Convo and click around on our links to find ways that you can be involved. Talk soon.